Welcome, my name is Mandy, and I am your host of your The Green Aside podcast. This podcast provides a safe space to talk about mental health, and we aren't just going to cover the different diagnoses that come with mental health, but also everyday situations that we all find ourselves in, as mental health affects everyone, not just the ones who are struggling. Welcome back, TGS fam. We are so glad to have you here again for the last part of our four-part series on combat PTSD. In this episode, we will be sitting down with Marine veteran Jesus, who will be answering the questions that you submitted. The Q&A portion is built to provide answers to questions from a person with firsthand experience. When we release a new topic, we ask our followers to submit questions through social media, which you can find by searching The Green Aside. Make sure to follow us so you don't miss the opportunity to ask your questions. And here's what you wanted to know. Okay, first question. How has your service and PTSD trauma changed your relationships with family and friends? Uh, with my uh, civilian friends, it kind of alienated me, you know. Uh, just because, you know, they, and, and with my family too, uh, some of them didn't know, you know, what I was going through, what I'd been through. Um, and, and at that point you couldn't really talk about it. And at that it. point I, I just never, I yeah. never said anything. Um, you know, they were like, Hey, how are you doing? I'm, I'm okay. And then that, you know, that was it. Uh, but when I, you know, when I was, you know, in my funk and not really wanting to talk to nobody or whatever, they wouldn't press the the the, the questions or the issue. Hey, what's really going on? I they, they would take the I'm okay with for what it was. So and, they wouldn't really have the intervention. Yeah, your friends. Okay. Um. Yeah. I mean, now it's you know a different story. Now I could. Do you, when you tell them your story, are they? More like, oh, wow, I didn't know you went through all that. Like, I wish I would have known. Or um, do they understand more? Um, well, again, I, I I haven't told everybody this story. Well, they're about to find out. Yeah. Especially if um, they follow the greenest side. But now, you know, it, when when somebody would ask me how, you know, what's what's affected me, and I would I'd just be like, you know, nothing. You know, whatever. I'd give them some, some bullshit answer. Generic answer. But now... You know, now I'm okay with telling them, letting them know that, uh, you know, hey, this is, this is, you know, this is my, my life. You know, this, this is what I've done or, or seen, experienced, um, just so they can understand me a little bit better and, uh, you know, we can move forward. And, and when you have to call and cancel last minute, they don't, because you're in a uh, a weird space they don't blame you for it they know that you got something going on yeah and that was my biggest thing like i just like i said those those friends that i can count on one hand that were there for me i felt so guilty about last minute bailing out but at the same time they knew what i was going through and they didn't blame me for it and i again i will never take that from granted and i'm in awe of people that that are able to do that. Um, what about your relationships? I know you kind of talked briefly, sort of under your breath about 
um, your major breakup, but, you know, dating now, um, when you were going through it, how, how did that, did you wake up like in the middle of the night screaming or, you know? Um, uh, dating for me really hasn't, hasn't been, uh, a crazy experience either. Um, you know, when I got out in 2012, I think like a year later, um, I found myself in a relationship and I mean, one of the biggest reasons of why I got out was, you know, to come home and, you know, start a family and, and do all, you know, the family things, you know, have kids, white picket fence, you know, the whole nine, a dog. Hmm. Um, but that's when I started noticing, you know, that there was something, there was something up with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, going through therapy now. But let okay, so that relationship that you got into, what? Because I'm sure that that relationship was different from the relationships that you had before deployment, and this is with a significant other. So, like, how how was how were those different? Did you like were you more on edge? Did you react differently? Did you take more things offensively? I just didn't, I, I didn't want to do anything. Like, I, I didn't want to go out um, and, you know, enjoy life, you know, be be happy. I was just, you know. You weren't really present in the moment. Mm-mm. Yeah. Uh, I get that because that's how I was with my last, and I, looking back, I'm like, oh, wow. Like, I remember being on a vacation in, in Goa in India and both nights we were there, I they went out and I stayed in the hotel room. And that was when I was in my huge depressive episode at the very peak of it. And looking back, I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, I'm in a place that I probably will never come back. Why was I doing that? Like, you know, and you kind of kick yourself and then you have to realize like, yeah, but that led you to realizing what was going on. So I I get what you mean by what you're saying, not really being present in the moment, not wanting to do anything. Um, what about your siblings? We didn't really talk on that too much, but were they, uh, did, have you talked to them about y'all's relationship? And you have two sisters, right? Correct. Yeah. They're both younger. Uh, one's older. Uh, she's my half sister. Um, uh, and then my little sister, but you know, my sisters. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm the the middle child. So they, they didn't, you didn't feel an effect with their, like, were y'all close when you left, and then when you came back, it was kind of hard to pick back up? Um, you know, I've always kind of been close with my sisters. Uh, um, post-deployment, post-Marine Corps, uh, you know, the, the bond's still there, and, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're constantly checking up on me and just, you know, make sure I'm okay. Uh, my younger sister's got two daughters. Uh, the oldest with the oldest one, uh, I'm her uh, godfather. So, um, you know, being with my nieces is like the closest thing to me to like, uh, you know, having kids, mm-hmm. uh, which is, you know, something that I had always wanted, but it just hadn't come to fruition yet. But, um, you know, being with them. You know, it's helped me out tremendously too. You know, before when I was in a funk and 
you know, I tell my sister, I was like, hey, you know, uh, you know what are the girls doing? I'm like, well, what, you know, it's the summertime, they don't have shit going on. I was like, wait, let me take them to a, to a soccer game, a U.S. women's soccer game or, or, or to the zoo or to the museum or something. She's like, okay. And just, you know, being with them, you know, just kind of helped me realize, you know, put, put things in perspective, like what's important in life. Uh, well, there's such a purity, I feel like, in a child's eyes that yeah. a lot of us forget about. And- so much joy in the little things and just, you know, hearing them having a good time laughing and, uh, yeah, they're, they're little blessings. Um, okay. So these next three, we kind of talk or we did cover in our podcast, but I just kind of want to recreate them so that if somebody wants to listen specifically for this, they have that. So, um, what was your biggest issue or issues coming home? And at what point did you realize you had PTSD? Uh, and I know that's kind of a broad question because it, there was a timeline where you, when you first came home, you know, we kind of talked about your issues not really being present. And like you said, the crowd, um, that kind of sparking. And then it was different later on. No, no I mean, <clears throat> the biggest for sure thing, uh, you know, and the crowd and, and stuff like that, you know, it it affects you, but not as much as the uh, the survivor's guilt for me. Uh, you know, everyone's going to be different. Uh, everyone's going to have different symptoms. But for me, it was the survivor's guilt on, you know, why why wasn't it me? It should have been me. You know, Paul was married. I'm not married. Fuck, I don't even have a girlfriend. Like, you know, he had all these things going for him. And, you know, I didn't. Mm-hmm. So that was... Uh, well, that filled the the purpose, you know, that you were looking for with the fire department. True. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and, and then now going through therapy, you know, um, when I, when I keep saying that to myself, you know, like I'm not giving myself the chance of being happy, you know, I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I'm just knocking myself right back down to square one and, uh, not giving me myself the chance to, to move forward and, you know, get the things that I want out of life, you know, the, the, the marriage, the, the children, but the I think house. You, you said something great uh, in one of the earliest or earlier um, parts is um, you said that you decided that your life was going to be in honor of Paul and Jeff. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that survivor's guilt, I, I feel like that's the best way to go about, I guess, building that or, or honoring that is to do something amazing with your life and I can't think of a better way to to honor them so I'm glad you looked at it from that point of view okay next one um what are some signs people should be aware of that they are suffering from PTSD um I know that's kind of a hard question because we kind of covered that that because there's so many different situations that you find yourself in in a deployment situation, like a war, you know, being shot out because there's different whatever. Um, there are different facets of it. Are there any kind of baseline characteristics that you can think of? I would say the major one is just when somebody shuts down. When, uh, you know, if this if that individual is known for, you know, and going out and enjoying uh, 
whatever, coffee or something, and, and all of a sudden he or she's not interested in doing that anymore and just kind of, you know, alienating themselves from from what you've known that they liked. I mean, that, that that's, that's kind of a red flag, like hey, something's up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the not enjoying the little the the things that they've enjoyed and being present. Mm. So, um, some of the signs that are listed on the government website that we talked about earlier is um, they would have the feeling that the world feels unsafe, and that goes back to um, what he's you said. I think in part one about always looking around, your head's on a swivel, thinking that like always having an exit strategy when you walk in the door. Um, those are just kind of resonating attributes that you're going to have. Um, they will have upsetting memories. I feel like this is kind of a given. Um, you know, that may come, they might have night terrors because of it. They may have triggers. So um, honestly, I, I think maybe the, the best way to go about that is kind of knowing their story, if they're able to say it, and recognizing, oh, hey, you know, fireworks, because they're used to an IED, like, that may be a trigger, and finding those sooner rather than later so that you can either avoid them or you can go to therapy and learn ticks, ticks, tools and tricks to to help with those coping mechanisms. Um, They feel on edge, and they have trouble sleeping. Again, that goes back to the night terrors. And again, trying to avoid things that remind you of your trauma, even those things that you used to enjoy. And that's kind of what um, Jesus just said here. So those are just kind of some general ones. Again, each person is different. um, And those can be kind of brought up more um, through therapy. All right. Have you ever looked into getting a service dog? I know we kind of talked about it um, in getting Fifi all trained up. Um, but I know you kind of mentioned at the end of the day, it's not necessarily now, if you're going through like major PTSD, absolutely. But a lot of times it's just knowing that there's someone else there. You're not alone. And I'm calling someone because dogs are people too. Um, is that how, cause I know you said earlier that, uh, Fiona, kind of was that major shift that you needed for therapy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, she, so I, I reached out to an organization called give us Paws that will train your dog for, uh, for service dog training. Uh, but they have to go through a few, um, uh, tests first. They're going to uh, evaluate them. Um, if she passes these uh, evaluations, uh, then then they can uh, they can train her. Um, I I think she I, I mean I think she makes she can make the cut. Oh, Fifi. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, and when my grandma passed uh, this past October, like a month after I found her, I brought her to uh, to my grandma's house. Um, and just the way that she was interacting with people, just kind of like lifting up their spirits, really made me start thinking about like, 
wow, maybe this dog, you know, she can, uh, she's, she's got special. something in her. Yeah, yeah, she's got something in her. Um, and I do want to mention that we are going to do a separate podcast for about service animals. Um, and there are, uh, I think the government recognizes two different types. You have a service animal and then, which is ADA recognized and then an emotional support animal. Um, definitely uh, that podcast is going to go into the difference between the two and what you need to register. Cause I found that super, um, I couldn't find any resources about that. So we'll have a separate one on that. But overall, I think, Jesus, you can confirm that it's been a great experience having having a, a pup uh, post, post-deployment, whether it be Jag or, or yeah. Fifi. No, yeah, it did. Yeah, amazing. Um, okay, two more. What prompts former military personnel to get help in my case uh other service members you know um like hearing their stories or just talking to them uh checking up on each other you know that accountability that accountability that brotherhood um you know, checking up on each other, just making sure we're still, you know, with it. Um, we, even though we're not serving, you know, we we still have to check up on each other and make sure that we're we're good. Yeah. Um. Again, it's that support. Um. It's that also that love for each other that you develop over there. I mean, hell, your life is in someone else's hands that's such a gift that you're giving that person and that other person is giving to you. That's a bond that will never, in my opinion, be broken. Um, and that's a, that's a strong, strong bond. And you, when you come back over here, not only are you going through something, but other people, you know, other veterans are your, your other brothers are as well. And, um, if you can, be there for them just as you were when you were deployed. I mean, you, that's that's a service in itself. So, all right, last but not least, and I thought this was a good one. Did you find that during COVID, did you see any effects with your with your with your buddies or just overall when you're with yourself, um, with not maybe just PTSD but other mental um, things? during COVID? Um, not really. Um, not that I can really think of. I mean, that during the COVID was when, uh, you know, I had to go to California and check on a buddy of mine. Um, it, it had nothing to do with, you know, the COVID, uh, outbreak. Um, it was just, you know, something that was going on in his life at that moment um but i can't i can't think of of a any negative or positive incident, changes yeah, okay than, well that's good to hear because a lot of uh, a lot of people i again i'll say this again i I, th- I think covid was awful if there's one good thing that came out of covid i think mental health got not got pushed maybe to the forefront yeah. but it became more recognized 
And I think that started the the catalyst um, to start the conversations. Well, you heard it here firsthand from a Marine veteran himself. Thank you to everyone who submitted questions for our Q&A. Be sure to follow The Green Aside on social media for the next opportunity to ask questions for our upcoming podcast episodes. As we conclude our series on combat PTSD, we want to thank Jesus for taking the time to detail his experiences and speaking his truth with us. We hope anyone who is listening who is struggling or knows someone who is struggling with combat PTSD feel a little less alone in what they are experiencing. After listening to all four episodes in this series, we hope you were able to gain a new perspective on what many veterans go through both during and after deployment. We want to thank all of our listeners and we want to especially thank our service members and veterans for everything that you do and go through every day. We at TGS believe that hearing other people's perspectives and journeys with their own mental health can help bring us all together as well as help in the stigmas and stereotypes surrounding mental health. We would love to have more listeners on our podcast. So if you would like to share your own story, please submit the short form on our website, thegreenaside.com. While you're on our website, please consider donating to TGS as your donations help us continue to make content like this. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Green Aside for more mental health content as well as some good laughs. Thank you again for listening. Until next time.